listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. A Red Sox star, the Boston Red Sox, that's a baseball team, could well be in the World Series. They're very hot. Actually, I just gave up uh, watching baseball for Lent. And I'm fully cognizant that it is not Lent presently. Because you... I'm watching too much baseball. Wow. And, and wow. you know, honestly... To, to, to have that as a problem, that's a good problem to have. Well, no, nah, it's just it's a waste of time. Unless you're an Oakland A's fan, or the Dodgers are, are a factor. Among Western baseball fans, you're pretty much wasting your time well, at this point. It depends on how you look at it. You can, I just, you can, I'm looking at it like night after night. I'm sitting there on the couch watching baseball and drinking wine instead of doing anything night. productive, I can, including hanging out with my beautiful wife. I could easily make the argument it's all a waste of time, no matter who you're rooting for, or none of it's a waste of time, no matter who you're rooting for. Well, but, if your team's out of it, then it's a super-duper extra waste of time. <laughs> super-duper super bonus extra waste. Anyway, go A's. Uh, J.D. Martinez. A controversy, Jack. I Apparently love this story. Apparently in 2013, five years ago. Oh, I didn't realize that. So this is one of those they dig up something you said years ago things. Well, he posted a very, very popular meme for defenders of the pro-Second uh, Amendment point of view that showed Adolf Hitler doing the Nazi salute and a quote attributed to Hitler to conquer a nation, first disarm its citizens. First of all, it, it's IT apostrophe S in the post. That's the wrong form of its. As a grammar national socialist, I ask you all, please learn your language. <laughs> Um, and, uh, evidently somebody wants this to be controversial and some people are acting angry about it because Hitler is like Voldemort. Apparently. Well, did I you hear know. his response? I'm not a fan yeah. of Hitler. Okay. He said, I posted it. I love my country. I love this country. I stand by the Constitution. I stand by the Second Amendment. And it's something that I take pride in, something that I'll back up. As most of you guys know, I'm Cuban American and most of my family was run out of Cuba because of a brutal dictator. It's terrible. It's one of those things where I'll never get to meet some of my family because of it. And um, and then he, you know, as uh, the various management people said, yeah, well, if you're going to post something uh, controversial, be prepared to back it up. And he was quite eloquently. I'd say. <sighs> quite beautifully. How can you he... can disagree with him, but you can't disrespect him. Oh, there were hosts on ESPN that were just horrified that he said such a thing. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. See, as a politics freak and a sports fan, I become so acutely aware Sportscaster guys are very barely dimly aware of the outside of sports things they talk about. And they are terrified of coming off as controversial in any way, sexist or racist or, or whatever. And so they immediately take a super far left point of view of, of uh, all these things so they don't get in trouble. And it's, it's just, it's disgusting. And they turn into mewling, weeping little babies about it. So I miss that, the, uh, some of the outrage, oh, the yeah, fake the, outrage. The idea that anybody would uh, be pro gun or, you know, you're always uh, dipping your toe into problems if you have Hitler associated with your tweets or in any you way. You mean Voldemort. Yeah. Uh, but God, the idea that he said, my family fled Castro. We, the only way we could defend ourselves against an oppressive government is by having guns. I believe that is important. What could be more, um, uh, substantial as a way to back up that quote than right. that? Right. And good for you, JD. Excellent. I may become a Red Sox fan. We also have to figure out this whole Going back and looking at your tweets, Facebook posts, or whatever from years and years ago. 
and hanging them around you. you know, Holy I'd, cow! I'd intended to go uh, somewhere different with the discussion, but as long as you're there, how about California lawmaker Rachel Hundley, who um, she was uh, the, the, a council person in Sonoma, California, uh, the, the, served as mayor. I think it's one of those rotating mayorship things. Um, and now she's running for other offices, and evidently one of her opponents has found an old pic of her at Burning Man wearing something sexy and provocative and is attempting to slut-shame her out of the race. Well, she has, with the idea that in Northern California, a woman dressing sexily should, uh, you know, this isn't rural Alabama. Come on. What are you trying to do there? It's not. That would explain why my tent revivals are so poorly attended. (laughs) She once wore something provocative at Burning Man. No way she can represent anybody in Northern California. It is your slut. (laughs) That's right. Oh, my God. That's so so crazy. She has quite appropriately and and quite intelligent, smartly, um, taken to the airwaves with, uh, well, hey, Michael, give me audio. Um, she has uh, responded to this with a, a message. I'll play you. I am Rachel Hunley, your representative on the Sonoma City Council. Last week, I was threatened by an anonymous coward. On August 13th, I received an anonymous email that was nothing short of extortion. The email told me to drop out of this November's City Council election or else they would release a website filled with scandalous accusations and racy photos. The email included a link, and what I found was a combination of outright lies and things I've proudly posted on social media. What was especially disturbing in this era of Me Too was the attempt to slut-shame me for celebrating my body and for my attendance at Burning Man, right. an internationally renowned arts and culture festival, yes. and an event I've proudly and openly attended. Okay, oh, so right, I'm on her side, but the oh, yeah. celebrating my body and it's an arts festival. Okay, whatever. That's yeah, all right. She's a politician. <laughs> she gets to spin it. Listen, there are aspects of the whole hashtag Me Too thing that have become too feverish and self-satisfied and crazy and the rest of it, but I have never. I've never had a problem with a woman can be sexy and sexual and also ought to be taken seriously intellectually. Well, when you're not doing the sexy thing, you, you're doing business. All right, let's do business. I haven't sought out all the pictures, but they weren't that big a deal anyway. Uh, they were attractive, I'll give you that. Well, she's but anyway. an attractive woman. Yeah, she's a pretty gal. So, but uh, it's nothing crazy. No, no. And it's, it's crazy that anybody would even try this. I just, I'm going to go to the arts festival. And get hammered out of my mind and have promiscuous sex. Not everybody sex. does that. Not everybody. Oh, my God. Every, You're as bad as the, the, the people trying to slut shame her. Every single person, without exception, that I know that has ever gone went for the reasons I just said. So every some of them. Single, Maybe that says something about you. Every yes, single Sean, one. thank you. Well, that thank could, you. Be, could be the crowd of hang with. <laughs> yeah. But every single individual went for those reasons. Well, at any rate, I so uh, as I am... Which is get, fine, by the way. I'm not knocking it. Just, you know. What are you trying to say? <laughs> I, uh, I don't buy it if, if you say I'm going because I'm into the art. Okay? I don't necessarily buy it. Especially when you're post, posting those pictures. I think you're going for the party, which is fine. You get to do that. I don't care.
Run for whatever you want to run for. All right. Generalizations save time, and you're engaging in them now. I've known plenty of people who just enjoy the art and the camaraderie and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But I've not met one yet. Regarding, again, more about you than them. Regarding the recent coverage of Burning Man ailments and injuries. Oh, what I was going to say before I got onto that was that I, I'm enjoying every aspect of this, because obviously this gal who has been targeted with a ridiculous and bizarre a woman should never have fun and get loose and in the 21st century post pictures of her and in, in a wacky like sexy ringmaster outfit right which is just not um, that crazy yeah i'm mean, go have fun go ahead live your life um but then she gets to haul herself up on the cross and become a symbol of something blah 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 and again i have no idea what this woman's policies are or if she's worth a damn as a city councilwoman nobody cares but we're all going to have to get over this because every politician that runs from here on out is going to have facebook this or that or twi- twitter this or that right the of them being m- wild m- at some point in their life many of them will yeah or we're going to have to some the point really where nobody notices. Yeah, or we're going to have some really weird candidates that have nothing out there in their past, high school, college, ever. That would be uh, embarrassing. So, um, I don't know if you have to be weird. Again, throwing around the generalizations. I know a lot of quote unquote good kids, although by the time they get through college, that would be atypical. That would be a small well, minority. Sure, it would be atypical. You never got drunk <laughs> once at a party and there's a picture of you going, ah, yeah, not these one days, time. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's, it's, it's ridiculous there, but for the grace of God. Anyway, uh, regarding the recent coverage of Burning Man ailments and injuries, a couple notable ones. Playa foot, the sand there is incredibly alkaline. And so you get chemical burns on your feet if you don't cover your feet and there are clouds of dust and stuff. It's, um, it can be really painful. Um, and this is from uh, Al Anonymous. I have a good friend who's a medic and was assigned to work Burning Man in 2015. That year in particular, there was a severe outbreak of genital herpes and other venereal diseases. Uh, that you catch by looking at art. Exactly. The spread was facilitated by the tendency of Burning Man folks to share their bikes, which they frequently ride naked. Oh, God, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Oh, no, it's not. That's on the list well, of them. It won't be in a minute. Uh, you haven't heard the guy try to explain that to his wife when he returns from Burning Man. <laughs> no, it was the bicycle. No, it was a... I borrowed a bike and rode naked. Going to Burning Man? Now I've got burning genitals. Oh, <laughs> boy. The irony. <laughs> but more disturbing is an infection named after the very fine desert dust called Playa Dust, also caused by nakedness. I can't really say this. It's like platypus, except Playa. It's an infection which occurs when enough of this dust infiltrates various body openings. I would. It's even more gross than it sounds and can lead to sepsis, which is deadly, can be deadly. You ride a bicycle naked, you get what you deserve. What are you doing riding a bicycle naked? That is just not cool. <laughs> wow. You are the strangest sort of fundamentalist. That's some good advice, Jack. So you're, you're okay with most human behavior, but riding a bike naked is uh, condemns you to hell. You ought to be the new pope. And not even just riding a bike naked, but riding a public everybody rides this bike naked. Can't even imagine. Oh, sharing a naked bike? That is just... What? Oh, my God. you're, You're not familiar with the germ theory of disease. Which is a couple hundred years old. Or you just don't understand crevasses. <laughs> uh, and finally, Drew has a few suggestions for the uh, long-form podcast, which we need to do another one of, Hanson. Uh, my favorite one is Pod Bless America. <laughs> All right. 
Yeah, don't be riding uh, public bicycles naked. Jeez. I don't like to get on the equipment at the gym because it's got a little sweat on it and they didn't wipe it off. Oh, please. I recommend we end the segment now. Yeah. Before anything else escapes your lips. Check out the great new swag like the new masks at armstrongandgetty.com. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Hey, you. That's right. You. Wouldn't you like to know the story of you? What makes you, you? DNA and Me is a genetic service that can help you find out exactly who your ancestors were. You might be surprised. I thought I was just a standard white guy, but DNA and Me showed that I'm actually 4.2% Cherokee Indian. Turns out I'm not totally white. I'm also part Northern Asian and even some Kurdish. I'm a victim of oppression. I used to get in trouble for always using the N-word. But with DNA and me, I found out that I'm 2.1% black. Morning, Steve. Stop, n***. The test is easy. Simply swab the inside of your mouth and send it into our labs. People made fun of me for being French. DNA and me showed I was 8% Navajo. Nobody's making fun of me now or my people who are victims. I'm 13% victim. I'm 21% victim. Order now and find out if your friends should be more sympathetic towards you. DNA and me. Are you in? Hell f***ing yes, I'm in. That's pretty good. That's South Park, of course. Yeah. Sounded like South Park. That, the Take N- that, Elizabeth Warren, you. The N-word reminds me, so uh, we didn't have this from Saturday Night Live last week, but Michael Che mentioned that he negotiated in his new contract four N-words for the year. <laughs> I don't know if that was true Quarterly or just... N-words. I, I read about it. It is true, apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. He negotiated... Because Saturday Night Live's been on this... Um, They've been backpedaling over not having enough black people for a couple of years now. And Lauren Michaels, I don't know if he just like was, Oh, my God, you're right! I mean, because he's just fallen over himself. And it is his, in his crowd, that's a sin. Right. He's just falling all over himself, the black cast members and the number of sketches that deal with black issues and stuff like that, and Michael Che being a black guy on the news and everything like that. But he negotiated four N-words for the year and used one last week, like full-on says it. He's saving up a couple for Christmas. (laughs) Wow, that's interesting. So uh, you got the Elizabeth Warren thing. We had... um... Uh, A loyal listener, who I can't remember if you wanted to be a... a unanimous or not. No, he's Travis. His name's Travis. And he wrote a really long email about uh, race and racism and that sort of thing. It was really interesting. You know, I would suggest uh, brevity. Brevity is the soul of wit, uh, Travis. But uh, one of the one of my favorite parts of it, he, he says, I believe the uh, the thing, the good thing about the Elizabeth Warren deal is that she's completely decimated um, some of the cultural myths of race and racism by proving that anyone anywhere can claim to be any race at any time. And if the smallest scintilla of DNA uh, confirms it, you can be, you can claim to be part of that culture or group of people, which was the, you know, the point the South Park uh, parody was making there. And he uses uh, quote unquote Hispanic people as an example. Spanish conquistadors raped and pillaged across the Americas, creating a DNA subset of Native Americans and Europeans, which are commonly called Hispanics. Hispania being Spain. 
which by modern definition would make Hispanics descendants of white Europeans. The mixing of these bloods requires Hispanics to make a choice. Are you native? Are you native to your own culture? Are you native to white Europeans? Um, or do you just get claimed to be? I mean, given we're all Africans, 100% of us, if we're Americans, we're African-Americans, since all of our DNA originated God knows how many years ago in Africa. So it kind of renders the whole discussion silly, which it is. Yeah, depending on how far back you want to go. Right, yeah. I mean, if there are legitimate issues of race and culture and the rest of it you want to talk about, that's fine. But the whole, you know, you can wear a badge if you're one 177th something is just crazy. According to PETA... In their latest press release, cow's milk is a symbol of white supremacy. I see. Speaking of racism. In a statement, the animal rights group links the dairy industry's treatment of the cows to the concept of white supremacy. Uh, Pet is trying to wake people up to the implications of choosing this white beverage and suggested they choose something else pronto, the statement continued. Chocolate milk. It actually gets into the rape culture of getting milk from cows. Oh, boy. And how it fits in well, with that. You're, you're grabbing hold of their udders without asking. Hashtag me moo. Wow. <laughs> Boy, a lot of cringing. Ah, a lot yes. of cringing going on here. What's the problem? Yes. I am distancing myself from that comment. Armstrong and Getty. Here's Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. You want to know the perfect number of kids to have, or the worst number of kids to have? <laughs> I like Sean's guess. A thousand <laughs> is uh, seems like that would be a handful. It no, actually number one, really tough to get a seat at a restaurant. <laughs> of studying moms a- across the country that have various numbers of kids, you'd have to have a lot of kids, obviously, to participate in this. Because I have two, so I have no idea what it's like to have three or mm-hmm. more. Obviously, right. um, uh, moms who have three children are more stressed than than those who have fewer kids, and then at four. You start getting a lower level of stress because the age groups and the way they take care of themselves and stuff like that, it starts to get oh easier. That's what this claims. So I Three. subjected my wife to the worst possible scenario. As did my parents. Yeah. The of hardest. Course, I subjected my wife like she didn't have a say. <laughs> like I'm a Saudi over here. Please. So I just thought that was interesting. That's that what they came up with that survey. You go from man-to-man defense to zone. That's definitely true. Um, but, yeah, I could see once you have four, that oldest one, you know, is probably old enough to pitch in. I mean, unless you're just knocking them out like a baby factory. Yeah. And they're pretty closely, uh, you know, spaced. Huh. Yeah, they should be around eight, right? The oldest one, if you got four. That's generally a, speaking, that's yeah. a kid every two years, which is going pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, and an eight-year-old can certainly help clear the table. And I'm working on it with mine. There you go. He helped you me change the tire. The, really? Yeah, I had him working on changing the tire over the weekend. Oh, way to go. What way to educate him in the manly arts. What duties were uh, his responsibility? He jacked up the car. Nice. Yeah. Wow. That's, a, that's always a cool thing. I remember seeing that. Wow, I with my fingers, I'm lifting this car up. Yeah, yeah I'm using a sure. jack, but it makes you feel powerful. Yeah. Teaches him about physics. He couldn't get the lug nuts off with his uh, eight-year-old arms. But no. Did he have any fascination with the tire gauge? That thing. <laughs> I loved that. Oh, this is an amazing. Tool. What's not to like? Yes. Sure. Teaching him a skill that nobody will do in the future. The Western world is losing its mind. You have men winning women's bicycle races, for instance, and the women grumble and then get accused of hate and that sort of thing. And then you have. 
Scientific American a few months ago publishing an editorial claiming that most of us are biological hybrids on a male-female continuum, that biological sex doesn't really exist. That was the claim made by trans studies professor Nicholas Matt. It appears the idea that biological sex either doesn't exist or is a social construct is becoming more popular. So does it exist? Is it simply a social construct? We're all a mix? Well, they get into that, and it's I found it really interesting. And we'll have this link for you if you want to read it at armstrongandgetty.com. But they talk about physical uh, sex as opposed to gender, which refers to social or cultural traits or whatever. So forget that. We're talking about... Is you a guy or is you a girl? You got a penis or a vagina? Well, there's more to it than that's that. That's how I break her down. All right. Well, that's a good basic, you know, if you're checking somebody at the border or, you know, in a prison, I guess that's a good way to go. But they talk about physical and psychological sex, and it is unsustainable. It is incomprehensible. It is crazy to claim anything but There are large and important differences between men and women physically and psychologically. Anybody who claims otherwise is a wackadoo. And this is, this is a pretty good dipstick. Speaking of uh, car care, you got a dipstick or not? No, settle down. It's a pretty good measure of how crazy we become as a society. Because if you look at the, you know, the uh, the APA Dictionary of Psychology, the Guidelines for Psychological Practices, Planned Parenthood, d- 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 any responsible biologist, 98% of us are clearly male or clearly female. And the idea that there's no real biological difference is just silly. Um, the, the interesting part of this that I wasn't familiar with is... There, there's the way psychologists express sex differences, physical and, and uh, emotional, run from positive D. What does D stand for? I'm not even sure. But um, every characteristic, if it's like super high positive D, it uh, indicates men are higher on that particular attribute. And if it's uh, negative, it indicates that women are higher. I wouldn't have gone with positive and negative. It sounds like a judgment. But they go through all sorts of differences from grip strength, mathematical abilities, spatial rotation skills, task-oriented leadership, uh, you know, leaping, interpersonal trust. <laughs> leaping. I'm always, I'm always concerned about my leaping abilities. And when I see somebody, I size them up really quickly. I wonder how far they could leap. I wonder if they're a leaper. <laughs> But they go on interpersonal <laughs> trust, conformity, general verbal ability. Um, Why is it? I've always thought it was interesting that you shouldn't apparently say out loud. Like when I was younger, how many women did I come across in my entire life that were stronger than me? A couple. Right. Right. So, I mean, that's just not that's not an accident. So here's here's a good example. Oh, we're running a little late. That's right. A D value near zero means that sex differences are trivial. Once it's plus or minus 0.20, uh, psychologists take notice. Um, uh, a value of minus 20, for instance, indica- indicates that 58% of women are higher than the average man on a psychological trait. Uh, small effect sizes like interpersonal trust, conformity, general verbal ability. That's in the minus 20 range. 
it's uh, you know women are on average somewhat better or with, with their yapping a, with their yapping a value of plus 50 is considered moderate and that includes like spatial rotation skills certain mathematical abilities uh, like three dimensional geometry and calculus um men are significantly or moderately better uh, or or larger groups of men are good at it than women a devalue of minus 80 is considered large and indicates that 79% of women are higher than the average man sex differences in tender mindedness however they measure that being interested more in people than in things and lack of interest in casual sex reside in this size range so the long never noticed that, that. Yeah. or i've <laughs> always noticed that oh. You get, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's small differences. Then once you get to like a plus one full point, that's a large value. It's less common in psychology, but that means that 84% of men are higher than the average women, woman in height, in expressing interest in engineering as an occupation. And in the absence of sexual disgust, this was the good one, such as not feeling grossed out when hearing neighbors having sex. 85% uh, of men are not particularly grossed out. I'm not grossed out by that. I'd rather not. Women are grossed out by that? Uh, yeah, there's a, a big difference. A value of point two or 2.0, that's a huge difference. That indicates that 98% of men are higher than the average woman in a trait. About as close as researchers can get to finding a truly dimorphic difference, meaning men are this, women are that. It's 98%. And that's in throwing ability, grip strength, and voice pitch. Throwing ability. Yeah. Yeah. The number of women I've met with a lower voice than me is like two in my life. Yeah. Um. Yeah, some of those are obviously just you look at your life experience. And, and and that's not to say that there are no women who can throw hard. There are plenty. Watch ESPN, too. <laughs> You'll see them. Um, but keep in mind, going back to uh, 84% of men are higher than the average woman on expressing interest in engineering as an occupation. That's interest. Now, could some of that be social? They grew up thinking women don't do that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But it's nowhere near um, the problem that people say, that it's obviously uh, discrimination, like that poor son of a gun James Damore tried to point out at Google. Um, and even, you know, the mathematical <laughs> stuff. Larry Summers got fired from Harvard for saying there are more men interested in this stuff than women. That's why there are more men in the program. Oh, my God, he's sexist. He's got to be fired. P.S. Were you going to make a contribution? Yeah, I also think it's it's interesting how often over understated it is that in that very same dem, uh, memo that he was identifying these differences, he was offering, hey, maybe if we do X, Y, and Z, we can kind of shrink in those right. things. Like, he wasn't making some sort of decree. He was right. analyzing the situation. And that's how stupid and fevered the conversation has got over all this stuff. One texter wanted to know, based on that information, should it be okay to say you throw like a girl? It's a little rude. To the girl, to a girl, or to a man? Uh, well, it's rude to both. Okay. I think it'd How be often? like it would be like saying um, to a woman, "You have the tenderness of a man." I mean, what are you trying to do here? What are you, you're hurting everybody's feelings here. It, in the abstract, sure, it's fine to say, but I've rarely heard that said as a compliment. Oh no, no, no! It's right. meant to be an insult. Right. Yeah. 
So it's insulting to women to say that, even yeah. though that thing shows that 85% of... Uh, 98. 98%. Yeah. Okay. Throwing ability. I bet I could throw this football right over that mountain. <laughs> So some of these things don't come up that much in everyday life, especially after the age of like 30, 40. Leaping ability and throwing ability. I hardly, I, I almost never leap. Right. And I rarely throw. I, uh, all the time, I challenge my wife, you want to go out back and throw stuff? <laughs> she never does. She's a coward. And you know why? Because <laughs> she's a girl. <laughs> The best masks I've seen, and they say Armstrong and Getty on them. You can get one at armstrongandgetty.com. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Oh, we got this text. I bought a new Jeep. It's white, but it says Cherokee, so I named it Elizabeth Warren. (laughs) I'm guessing that's a joke that's making the rounds. An excellent one. Well done. Well played. (laughs) The lotto's up to $8 trillion or whatever it is up to now, a giant number. And uh, how does this work here, Sean? So I believe this is from the folks at Business Insider. They did a bit of a man-on-the-street test where uh, they were testing the, the philosophy of regret avoidance. And they what they were doing... Regret avoidance. Yeah, hmm. so the fear of regret... I've makes, done poorly at that. <laughs> makes people... Yeah, no kidding. As I have careened from guardrail to guardrail in my life <laughs> and back and forth. So that theory is if you are you're trying to avoid future regret you you can often make illogical decisions in the moment. Well, wow, that that is really interesting. God, if somebody wow, had pitched, wait a minute. If somebody had pitched economics to me in a better way, I might have become an economics major. I was ready for for funny, not heavy. That's, so that's really interesting. So the way they tested this out is they went to uh, a newsstand and people bought lottery tickets, and then immediately after they purchased the tickets, they offered to buy those tickets from them for more than they just paid for them. Sometimes as much as twice as much, even though the, the person could then just turn around and buy twice as many lotto tickets with the sure. exact same numbers. So here's the uh, here's the experiments. As it played out. The anticipation (laughs) of future regret weighs so heavily on us. It impacts our decision making and often causes us to make irrational choices. To really test regret avoidance, we're going to go outside and try to buy people's lottery tickets for more than they paid. But people are not always rational. Did you just buy a a Powerball ticket? Yes, I did. Um, Would you be willing to sell me your ticket? No, I'm not. What about for more than you paid for it? No, I'm not. This is the winning ticket. How much did you spend on it? Just 10. Can I buy it from you? No. <laughs> what about for more than $10? But you could buy twice as many tickets. Okay, but if you have to make a deal. Judge Judy told me to put it in writing, so I will put it in writing. And you have $700 million? What if I offered you twice what you paid for it? You have $700 million? You're going to buy it from me for $4? Okay, deal. And then I'll go back and buy two more tickets? Here you go, sir. Deal. Thank you very much. Thank you. No. But you could buy twice as many tickets. I don't know. Something, something tells me something good about these numbers right here. When I win, you can interview me again. Ah, no. What about for $15? Ah, no. No, I'm going to take my chances. They're random picks, and I'm going to take my shot. you got to be in it to win it. No. $20? No. $20? Okay, sure. <laughs> no. I'll pay $6 for the ticket. Can I buy your ticket from you? Where in the world? What about if I gave you $10? No, 10 is you out your mind. So I talked to 14 people who were buying Powerball tickets. 11 of them refused to sell me their tickets, even when offered twice as much as they paid for them. Overall, we learned that most people are not willing to part with their tickets, even if they haven't looked at them yet. I find that borderline terrifying. <laughs> I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I know I'm a fun suck. I think the lottery is bad for society. 
Powerball. I guess as a libertarian, I should be for whatever we decide we want to do. That's fine. But I just don't think it's good for anybody on any level. Um, well, you can be against something, but not be for banning it at and, the point of the government's gone. And the, then the money goes to the government, and then they waste it on crap. So, right. I mean, there's just there's no upside to it. Um the dream, Jack. The dream is the upside. How about Grandpa that? just gives me a remote after we watch the Powerball. The dream of sudden, <laughs> unearned wealth that will ruin your life. Right, almost. And alienate you from every relationship you have. Yeah, that's the payoff is that all kinds of studies have been done, and most of the time it makes people miserable. And so, make you a magnet for every criminal, con artist, and scammer within 5,000 miles. So one, your chance of winning is almost zero, and two, if you do win, the most likely thing is it makes you unhappy. Mm-hmm. So step right up. Um, uh, I liked the guy in there who, who clearly had that superior, I'm picturing the comic book store guy from The Simpsons, do you have $700 million? I mean, he <laughs> well, clearly had it twice what you paid. Do you have $700 million? Like, he's he's the one making the clearly intellectual, logical like, argument. He's the chess master. <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting. Human nature is interesting. Yeah, it is. I, and I'm sure I've got plenty of those, not around lottery tickets that I probably do myself, and I don't even realize it. The myth of the rational voter. Beware of regret avoidance. So that's that's interesting. We do things that are bad for us to try to avoid regret in the future. Well, I'd have to noodle that through and oh, see God, which... I would... Which cases I've done that. Yeah, I would have to go through like 20 decisions I've made recently and try to figure out if they factored in. Would that be like staying in a bad job out of fear or a, or, or, or or settling in a relationship out of fear or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And and you know, anybody who's been involved in a long-term relationship knows there can be some pretty significant differences between people in terms of their risk tolerance. You know, a good example of that is shopping. If there's like three items left on the shelf and you don't think they're going to have it next time, I don't need to buy it now, but I'm going to go ahead and spend my money right now just to make sure they don't run out. I'm not sure I've ever had that experience. What, like paper towel or what? No, I I do the the, the, uh, the best wipes that they've got at Target. They're always out of them, so I buy all of them. Everybody does it. Yeah. Wasp spray was that way at Home Depot. I don't know if it still is. Back really? in the day, wasp problems, it just uh, disappeared immediately. So if they had any, you bought it all. Wow. Yeah. Huh, that's further exacerbating the problem. Sure. Yeah, exactly. I like to cat- capture wasps and rela- ro- relocate them. I think you're supposed to now, a new state law or something like that. Yeah. What are you supposed to do? Just screw that. You're supposed to give them a name and an education and relocate them? <laughs> exactly. Give them health care even if they flew over the border. <laughs> huh? Yeah. So uh, speaking of... Fabulous uh, progressive progress. A biological male who identifies as a transgender woman won a woman's world championship cycling event on Sunday. Rachel McKinnon, who's a professor, how perfect is that, won the women's sprint at the uh, Masters Track Cycling World Championships in Los Angeles. And nobody stopped to say you can't compete in this because you're a guy? McKinnon celebrated the victory on Twitter, writing, First transgender woman world champion ever. Take a look at the picture as this, in every way, male-looking fella who towers over the second and third place winner uh, celebrates her victory. Well, there are some pretty, you know, masculinely built actual women. Look at the legs. Um, but th- yeah. 
Well, yeah, he's clearly got a physical advantage. The fact, to me, though, I don't care. There are a lot of women, like I said, look at, you know, pro sports, whether it's, uh, tennis and Serena Williams or basketball and WNBA or whatever. It's the fact that he's got testicles and a penis to me is the real, is the real thing. Whether he's slight of build or, or, or giant. Right. That's why he shouldn't be competing in the women's. Right. And I, I believe the whole trans thing is a thing, but for sports purposes. Yeah. McKinnon in January was quoted in USA Today arguing against requiring biological males to suppress testosterone as a requirement for competing against women. I tell you what, you, you utopians, your ability to suspend your logic and to argue in favor of something that is clearly Looney Tunes is, is really amazing to me. It's really, it's, it's practically awe-inspiring. And how does that guy in him, or, or, okay, I'll call him a woman, how does that woman, how does she enjoy that? We cannot have a woman legally recognized as a trans woman in society and not be recognized that way in sports, she says. I, I think you can, actually. Check out the great new swag like the new masks at armstrongandgetty.com. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.